we think, oh, I have to be special or I have to be talented or I have to be especially educated or whatever. But that wasn't true of Esther and it's not true of us either. It really has to do with our sovereign God who moves us into these places and equips us over time to step into the calling that he's given us. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real-life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. More than small talk friends. This week we have not one but two guests <laughs> for you that we are very excited about. And they are our friends and also especially close to Susie. So, Suze, will you tell us who we get the delight of having with us? You know, I have traveled um throughout India with both of these women. I have done ministry with them for over a decade. And truly, these are sisters in my life. So today I just want to welcome Lynn Cal and Amy Carroll. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about them, but first of all, welcome to More Than Small Talk. Thank you. you. (laughs) Lynn is a national conference speaker with Proverbs 31, and this is a woman who wraps around other women to help them find their Christ confidence. And she is the author of several books. She is a mama to three and a new mother-in-law just recently. And Amy is a woman. She's a connector. I, I, when I think about you, Amy, you're someone who gathers women and you teach gently. She's also with Proverbs 31 Ministry Ministries, and she is also an author of several books. So these are two powerhouse women. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. Thank you. We are just thrilled. Yeah. So you wrote this book and it is called Esther, Seeing Our Invisible God in an Uncertain World. If you could say the, the heart of this book, what is the heart of this book? The heart of this book is to really help women who are in uncertain circumstances, and goodness knows the last few years, we've all been in them to really be able to um, draw close to God and to see him when he seems to have disappeared. And it is so painful when it's hard to sense the presence of God in hard circumstances. So we think that Esther, when we studied her, she's the perfect model for the modern woman to see God um, in these hard places. That's yeah. good. And this is a story a lot of us are familiar with. We've probably read about Esther, but you have done a deep dive into this story. And so I would love to hear from each of you, Lynn and then Amy, what is one new aha moment that God gave you when you are studying this familiar story? Well, I'm not quite sure if this is really a safe place to say this. <laughs> Bible characters, I'm just saying Esther wasn't my favorite. Like, I think she's been Hollywoodized so much that 
um, you know, I just think of her as, as not being anything relatable to me. And so that's the part that shocked me was that just like a lot of you, in fact, especially you, Susie, over the last few years, experiencing so much uncertainty, you know, mm-hmm. with cancer, heart attack, cancer, COVID, you know, um, a lot of us have experienced that uncertainty. And when I look at her life, she had uncertainty on blast, you know, like from the very beginning chapter, she's ripped away from her family and put into an environment that is completely foreign to her. Um, and, and then she finds herself in a situation where she literally has the capacity to either hide behind her world, which I don't know about you. Sometimes I, I want to do that. Just yeah. hide in my own little family and my own little circumstances and not get involved or she can take this giant leap and plunge in and and have the opportunity to literally change the lives of thousands of people. Wow. And that was one of the shocking things for me too, kind of bouncing off this Hollywoodized version of Esther is, you know, we've seen her in VeggieTales <laughs> and we have really sanitized her story. I call it spiritual Cloroxed. And, and I really started thinking like, why do we want to spiritually Clorox and set these uh, biblical characters up on pedestals so much? And I think that I especially see it now in the divisive atmosphere that we're in is we really want to define people as just a hero or just a Mm. bad guy. And the truth is we're all both of those. Mm. And so looking at Esther and doing this kind of gritty deep dive, one of our pre-readers said, this is the grittiest version of a study of Esther I've ever read. And we embrace that. We love that. Because her story is messy and gritty, and we just really acknowledge that. And all of that actually made me love Esther because I was like, Lynn, I didn't love Esther before because, you know, the Tierra thing just kind of seemed very (laughs) interesting to me. She's a difference maker, but she was thrust into a situation that she didn't have any choice. And what you said in your book is that we're often thrust into a situation. You're right, Lynn. I've been in this for the last three years. When you're thrust into a situation that you didn't ask for, it doesn't mean that all your choice has been taken away. You still have the opportunity to be a difference maker. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I think one of the things that also surprised me about Esther was the first step that she took to become a difference maker when she was in this situation that was beyond her control was she became a listener. Yeah. And that kind of shocked me. So, you know, in, in Esther 2, it talks about these women are taken from their home and they're put in the palace. And then it says that they that they could take with them whatever they desired. Well, what would they possibly know to take with them? They're not noble people. They don't know what the king wants. But Esther becomes a listener and she goes to Hege, the keeper of the women, and she asks him, what should I take with me? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just such a humble step that, you know, when we find ourselves wanting to make a difference, often we jump to doing something or saying something. But in her wisdom and in her humility, the first thing she did was she listened to someone who knew more than she knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really the best place if we really want to impact our world is to get close to the people, number one, who know more than we know, but also to get close to the people who are being impacted by the pain. 
And that's what I've really seen in working with incarcerated women is the closer that I get to them and I enter into their pain, the more I have an opportunity to make a difference in their life. Yeah, that's really powerful, Lynn. And Lynn, you work with Change Choices, which is a ministry that helps women as they're coming out of jail to be able to acclimate into society with support and encouragement and skills. And so just wanted to throw that out. What a powerful thought. Yeah, so good. Jennifer, I see you nodding a lot. Well, I just, I've always loved the story of Esther. And so I want to know what was one thing that really surprised you about this study? Did you feel like you were going in a different direction or as you studied? Because uh, I know sometimes our work changes shapes as we learn and dig in. So I love that this is a grittier version because I think that that's, she was very bold and brave, but she was also humble and a listener. She really took advice very well and, and did that. Well, it was very interesting how this whole study came to be because it actually came out of a a pile of rejection letters for another (laughs) book that Lynn and I wanted to write. But in the process of writing that proposal, Lynn started seeing something in the book of Esther that I had never seen. I had been working through a process that God had given to me, and I thought it was just an Amy thing to listen, feel, do, and speak. And because I'm the girl with a lot of words, I've always wanted to jump in and have my say. And God is like, no, slow your roll, Amy. Like there are these steps that you need to take before your voice is where it needs to be and can even be received by other people. And so I had been working through it and Lynn came to me one day and she goes, Amy, this is not your process. This, this process is all through the Bible and I see it particularly in Esther. So we began looking at it together and the study came out of this. So the big surprise for me, and I think for Lynn too, is that we found this process that we think that can apply for all of us that um, leads us into having more influence in our world to being difference makers But there are some really intentional steps to learn first before we do and speak. Yeah. Can you walk us through the process? Give us the the highlights of each step. Absolutely. So listen was the first one that Lynn just talked about where we listen to God. What is he saying to us? And we listen to other people and then we feel, and this is one of these places that Christians are funny about our feelings, aren't we? Cause we really focus on the verse, you know, the heart is deceptive above all things, you know, and we're kind of afraid of our emotions and being led by our emotions. But if we are walking close with Jesus and desiring to be obedient to him, we do not have to be afraid of our emotions. God created us in his image and God has emotions. And if you wonder if that's true, then do a little word study yourself. But we've done some study. God has emotions. He gave us emotions and they are purposed to connect our heart to his, to grieve over the things that he grieves over. So we feel And then once we've listened and once we've connected our heart to God's heart and to the pain of the people around us, then we can start doing something. And this actually came out of a a comment a friend of mine made to me that was shocking to me one day. She said, (laughs) Amy, you realize that just because you posted something on Facebook, that doesn't mean you actually did something. (laughs) I was like, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> just because I made a statement on Facebook does not mean that I've actually engaged in helpful ways in a problem. And so I was really challenged by that to step into doing, to doing some volunteering, to really um, serving people. And then last, and this is important for me that it's last, then we speak, then we use our voice to speak up in godly ways into these issues that God's given us a heart for. Yeah. Speaking up is scary though, right? Mm, Super. (laughs) Yeah. I have learned from you, Amy and Lynn, very, very much about this because being close to you, I've seen you go through this process. And Amy, you're so honest. Like there's times Amy will say, oh, it was a total mess yesterday. And then God just sat me down and, and, and told me to take a step back, you know, and I love that about you because what I've watched is the refinement of that process to where now I'm watching to where instead of coming to us and being, man, you know, this is like, I need to take a step back. And then when I do see you speak up, so much grace in it. There's so much love in it. There's so much character in it because you have listened to others. And I'm like, okay, God, do that in me too. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like having watched both of you live this book as you wrote it and how it led you, Lynn, you know, you stepped so far out of your comfort zone to go and and do the part which is tangible. But the question that I have in that extremely long rambly intro <laughs> is this, is when we speak up, we're not really guaranteed that it's going to land well, even doing all those steps. So what do you say to us who just kind of want to retreat and never speak up? Well, you know, I think part of it is is um, facing that expectation okay. about, um, you know, maybe go back to the doing part a little bit in that before we do, we need to know that even in our uncertainty, that we can choose what's right, not knowing if it will turn out right. And right. I put the turn out right in quotes because we have in our mind expectations of how we think things should turn out. Yeah. But if we will be determined before we go in that our part is obedience and God's part is the outcome, then we can just move forward in that obedience. But here's where it gets all messy and especially messed up in my brain is that when I make the mistake of linking my, my identity to my works, then when it doesn't quote unquote turn out right, then I start turning inward. But when it is the opposite and when my works are an outflow of my identity, then I can release the the outcome to God. So my very first engagement with a woman who was incarcerated was disastrous. I was given a gal to connect with and to um, and to mentor. And so I I went to the halfway house and I met with her and I just felt like it was just such a great day. We had such a, a quick connection. And then a few days later, I got a phone call from the organization saying, have you heard from this gal? She went to work and she's been missing for a couple of days. And I just began to panic inside because immediately I thought, what have I done? What did I miss? What should I have seen? Um, and, you know, that 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 type of outcome would make a person not want to engage in this type of um, ministry again. 
Um, and yet, because I was walking on obedience, I left that outcome to God. And I just was like, okay, you know, where do we go from there? Now, it took me days to get there. Don't think that yeah. was an overnight thing. You know, I had days of head trash um, mm-hmm. to partner with the Holy Spirit. We've, we've talked about that inner critic can just be so stinking loud sometimes. Yeah. Um, but again, when we're walking in obedience, then we can leave that outcome to God. Yeah. Well, and I've just seen that when godly people speak up in godly ways, listen, like Lynn said, we are going to lose some things, but what we gain is so much richer. So just as an example, um, Susie, you saw that God called me into speaking into the racial equity mm-hmm. space when during COVID, when everything was hot yeah. and I was scared to death because I just knew a little bit, but I felt like God was leading me there. And honestly, I lost some followers when I did that, but what I gained was so much better because I gained friends. I gained a community. I gained um, people who wanted to gather around this topic and do it right. And that was so great. And um, whenever we do this and we step into this space, we will gain the thrill of working with God. I mean, obedience has benefits because our God is good. It's not all pain. Um, It's just this thrill of knowing I get to be part of God's story. And anytime we step into obedience, that's true for us. Yeah. So good. And I can imagine a listener right now whose heart is pounding and she has a thought in her mind that she is thinking, I think God wants me to take this step or to speak up or to say this yes that I've been hesitant about. So both of you are such encouragers. Would you speak over that listener? What do you want her to hear right now as she's realizing Maybe this is my Esther moment. Maybe this is my for such a time as this moment. You know, as you're praying through, okay, what does my my next step look like? Begin to ask God for divine intersections in your life of people who are more knowledgeable than you are in this area of people who are experiencing the pain in this area and and trust that he will do that. I have I've never experienced me holding out my hands to God and saying, okay, I'm ready. And him not saying, I was just waiting. So we pray these prayers and then we walk into it, you know, with our, with our eyes open, but even more than our eyes open with our ears open, you know, lead with our ears. Yeah. And, you know, that verse, Holly, of course, is the verse that is highlighted all through, you know, of of all the verses in Mm -hmm. Esther, that's the one everybody loves on a mug or a t-shirt or a hat, right? (laughs) Maybe I was created. And the more I dug into that, the more I realized that statement is not about Esther as much as it is about God. And that's true for us too. Like, I think when we step into these places, we think, oh, I have to be special or I have to be talented or I have to be um, especially educated or whatever. But that wasn't true of Esther. And it's not true of us either. It really has to do with our sovereign God who moves us into these places and equips us over time to step into the calling that he's given us. So we don't have to be afraid because it really is not about us. It really is about our sovereign God and how he's prepared us for that calling. Yeah. I just want to say something really personal. And, you know, when I think about, why am I getting teary? (laughs) When I think about this last three years, 
and God bringing people into my life, you two have been two of my fiercest um, advocates. You know, Lynn, she travels with like a bottle of anointing oil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, like if if you want somebody praying for you, this is this is the woman. Like she prays for me on Voxer all the time. She. She has been there in some of my hardest places. She tried to get to me. Both of them did when things just went south a couple of years ago. And then Amy, oh, my word, like I have been in her home and I have seen how she lives out this making a difference in her own home in such a powerful way, both of them. And so, like, I can't think of two people that are better equipped to write a book about making a difference because they do it in their friendships, they do it in their communities, and they do it in their homes. And so my prayer is, is that if you're listening, that you will pre-order this book, Esther, Seeing Our Invisible God in an Uncertain World, because these are two women who have listened and who live it in such a way that they're making a huge difference, and you can too. So how can they find your book, sisters? Um, it's it's available on um, any of the normal you know, retailers. Um, one of the things Amy told me yesterday that I loved is she said that if a trade book and a Bible study had a baby, it would be Esther. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it's, it's actually a Bible study. And, and that's what, um, one of the things that draws me to write is I want you to open up God's word. Like, it's really awesome that we write devotionals and all kinds of things like that. But what's more important is that you open up God's word. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, what happens throughout the book of Esther is that the participant, the reader digs in and, and finds in her own life seeing God in her own uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So again, you can, you know, find it on Amazon, Proverbs 31, our own websites, just wherever you like to buy your books. All right, ladies, you can make a difference. Go get this book. Let God speak to your heart and impact the corner of your world. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.